0: So this morning uh, we're talking. We're we're going through this series through Advent where we're talking about different dimensions of our faith, and we're we're talking about it through um, yeah a book by a guy named Richard Foster, and he talks about these streams of living water he calls them. And there's different parts of the Christian faith that, that call us to um, think about and, and uh, live out different things. Uh, and this morning we're turning to a part of the Christian faith that's called the charismatic tradition. And it's the, the part of our faith that is, is especially mindful of the work of the Holy Spirit. And it's the third member of the Trinity. And uh, through Advent, you know, we, we say this every week that we're in a time of waiting and longing for Christ to come again. And we have been given in this time in between you know, Christ going to heaven and Christ coming again, in this Advent, we have been given the gift of the Holy Spirit. God's invisible presence and power that makes itself known in us and through us. And is the way that he carries on the mission of of, the, of uh, Jesus in the world. And the Heidelberg Catechism talks about uh, the Holy Spirit like this. It says, first that the Spirit, with the Father and Son, is eternal God. So it is fully a part of the the Trinity, the three-in-one God, Father, Son, Holy Spirit. And second, that it's given to me. It's given to you. It's, It's given to us. So that through true faith, the Holy Spirit makes me share in Christ and all his benefits. He comforts me and will remain with me forever. We have a lot of different experiences, though, when it comes down to the Holy Spirit. Um, maybe for you, there's certain red flags that come up when you hear the word charismatic or spirit-filled. You know, maybe, maybe to you, you make uh, it, uh, the charismatic and associate it with being liberal, right? Or, or charismatic with being emotional, losing touch to reality, or maybe in the past you've been burned by an experience where people have claimed something in the in the power of the Holy Spirit, and it just hasn't been been true. It hasn't been accurate. Or um, if you're not a Christian, maybe this is the first time you're hearing of a invisible power that is given to us, and it seems strange. Where, wherever we find ourselves, what we can't ignore is the fact that in the Bible, it tells us that the Holy Spirit is not an option in our faith. It is an essential aspect of us being Christians, being here in this moment as God's people. And so as we focus on the charismatic tradition this morning, being inspired by the the kids leading us through the story of the shepherds, we're going to follow the shepherds. Because the shepherds were very attentive to the work of the Holy Spirit. Whether they realized it or not, we don't know, but they were. And so what what can we learn from the shepherds? Well, first is that they hear from God, they go to see Jesus, and they tell everyone what they've seen. They hear from God, they go to see Jesus, and they tell everyone what they've seen. So first, they hear from God. The shepherds were doing their job. Right? They were minding their own business, going through their, their evening routine, probably. And then all of a sudden, I love this picture. This is from a children's storybook that we got for Austin this year. And uh, I love the, the text. It says, the shepherds appeared and whoosh. But I don't know what it sounds like for an angel to appear. I've never thought about that before, but I imagine it would probably be something like this, right? And all of a sudden, their night has been changed. And then the, the angels bring them what? They bring them a message, the word from God. Or right? The Jesus Storybook Bible puts it like this. This is what the angel says. I've come to bring you happy news for everyone, everywhere. Today in David's town in Bethlehem, God's son has been born. You can go see him. He's sleeping in a manger. So God's word comes through the angel to the shepherds. Whoosh! But where's the Holy Spirit? Right? Do the shepherds hear the Holy Spirit? Mm, we're not really told. We don't. I don't think so. Do they touch the Holy Spirit? No. Do they taste? The Holy Spirit? No. Well then, where is it? A pastor named John Calvin uh, once talked about the Holy Spirit like this. Oh, maybe I don't have it. Okay, well, I'll give you the quote then. He said this, The grace of God has no charms for men until the Holy Spirit gives them a taste for it. The grace of God has no charms for men until the Holy Spirit gives them a taste for it. We can pick up what Pastor Kelvin said and place it in the story of the shepherds and say that the shepherds had no taste for the message that the angels brought until the Holy Spirit gave it to them. Why did the shepherds listen to the angels? It was because of the Holy Spirit. comfort food. Who's got a favorite comfort food? Shout it out. What's your favorite comfort food? Let's hear it. Lasagna, chicken, pizza. What else? Soup. A nice warm soup on a cold day. After a long week, I find myself craving pizza, right? That's my comfort food. I know I'm not alone in this. And sometimes, you know, in the midst of some busyness, if I'm, you know, kind of swamped and and all of a sudden I start to crave it. Have you ever been there? You started craving your comfort food even though you know that you can't have it. You can almost taste it in your mouth, your need for it. Well, that's what Pastor Kelvin is saying that the Holy Spirit does for us. It gives us a craving for God. It helps us to know what, that our craving is satisfied in God. Richard Foster talks about it like this. He says, We do not live our lives on our own steam. We were never created to do that. We were created to live our lives in cooperation with another reality. That reality is life through the Spirit. When the shepherds heard the good news from the angel, they were invited into a new reality. Something had changed. This is not something they had to do, right? This was good news. It's something you hear. It's something that's happening. They were invited into this story. We are today invited into the story through the Holy Spirit, too. We were never created to live our lives on our own steam. And so the word of God comes to us and says, the good news is you don't have to. Maybe you're feeling the effects of of growing old, right? Maybe your body's starting to break down perhaps quicker or more rapidly than you had thought. This has you knowing deep down because you're experiencing it, that you can't live your life on your own steam. And you crave strength. You crave health. Or maybe your work is draining you. You thought you'd be further ahead at this point in your career than you are now. Or you thought that you'd have things more under control and getting more satisfaction from your job. And you find yourself just not at that place. And you crave more. You know you can't do it on your own strength. Or maybe you're tired of putting up this facade that you have it all together. When things are really hurting inside you or in your family, and there's pain that you just want to show but you don't know that you can, and you crave openness. We all come to God craving things, craving to be satisfied in Him. Or maybe you think you can take on the world right, that we're just finished the exam season, maybe you, you got through exams and you feel like you did pretty well, you aced them on no sleep, on no food, and only drinking coffee for two and a half weeks straight, right? And you're on top of the world. I was reminded of a quote this week by uh, the musician Bob Dylan. After the Live Aid concert in 1985, I wasn't around for it, but I heard about it. And uh, there's a song that was popular in this in this uh, concert where all these musicians, all these famous musicians, came together and they sang, "We are the world, we are the children, we are the future." So give. We are the world, we are the future, we are the children. So give. And it was a concert that was saying, you know, we can make the world a better place. We just. And when asked why he looked, he looked visibly uncomfortable. When asked about it, he responded. He said, I was uncomfortable because I know deep down that man cannot save himself. Man cannot save themselves. We crave a perfect world, but we can't get there on our own strength. The Bible tells us, though, that there's good news. It's the good news that came to the shepherds. And it's the good news that the Holy Spirit gives us a craving for. And it's found in Jesus, who is the Word of God, came to us. So I ask you the question this morning, how has God's Word come to you this morning? What is God stirring up inside of you? Where are you craving God today? Tim Keller Uh, talks about the Holy Spirit and how we know that it's at work in our lives like this. He says, One of the marks of real Christian faith, then, is a sense that there is some kind of power outside of you putting its finger on you. It's coming to you, and it's dealing with you. It shows you things you find incredible. It helps you to see that it's true, and then it enables you to rejoice and give yourself He says, this is because the one that's made you in the beginning is making you again. And unless he reveals himself to us, we would never be able to find him. The Holy Spirit is active in the shepherds, allowing them to listen to the angel and respond to them. And the same spirit leads us to Jesus today. We've been called to worship. We've been greeted in God's grace, we've come before him, we've confessed our sins, we've received his forgiveness, we've heard his word, and now we are invited to his table. The table where we take the bread and the cup, that is more of a story than what the shepherds got that that first Christmas night. But it tells us that God cares about us, loves us so deeply that he came to earth that, that first Christmas night. He He lived a perfect life, and then he took upon himself our sin, our brokenness, and died on the cross. He poured himself out for us, and we receive the nourishment of his forgiveness through the bread and the cup today. This meal tells us that God's uh, God's spirit is at work in, in, in us together this morning. God is gathering us as his church. And we come around the table together on a level playing field. All of us coming to this table by his grace to receive spiritual food from him. But this is also a meal of comfort and assurance. This is comfort food that's better than any soup or pizza or chicken because it's not just for this moment in this space. This is eternal, an eternal comfort food. It nourishes us in the eternal hope that this this meal is just a foretaste, just just a little snippet of what we will experience when Christ comes again and invites us into the great banquet feast in the kingdom of God that's ours through His life death, and resurrection. And so this meal, this morning, forces us to look forward to that too. The only entrance requirement for this is that we give up living our lives on our own steam. That we come to him and learn how to truly live. Let's come to the table together. Let me pray first. Father, we thank you for your word that's come to us, that calls us to come to you and to receive the nourishment that comes through this table. Prepare us, Lord, in Christ we pray. Amen. So we're going to sing uh, the first three verses of our song response. Then we're going to come to the table. The kids, the kids from children's worship are going to come back in, and then we're going to conclude the sermon this morning together after we come to the table. Take, eat, remember and believe the body of our Lord Jesus Christ was given for the complete forgiveness of all of our sins. Take, drink, remember and believe that the blood of our Lord Jesus Christ was poured out for the forgiveness of our sins. we have to remember the last thing that the shepherds did they heard from the angel the word of the Lord they went to see Jesus to taste Jesus and they went from the stable and they went and they told their friends and they went and they told their neighbors they told everybody that they knew that everything was exactly as god had said that it would be good news a king has been born a savior for god's people what about us we've been nourished we have received christ we've been received the assurance of the table that our sins are forgiven, that we are sent to do the same. Do we trust that God's word is true? Do we trust that that we have the assurance that Jesus is ours? Do we trust that God's Holy Spirit is at work in us and in our world, calling us to, 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 to live as changed people because we have tasted Jesus? After all, Jesus did say to us, if we try to save our lives, if we try to live it on our own steam, we'll lose it. But if we lose our lives for him, we will save them. Let's pray. Lord God, in deep gratitude and thankfulness for this moment, for this meal, for these people, we give ourselves to you. Take us out of to live as changed people because we have shared the living bread and cannot remain the same. Ask much of us, expect much from us, enable much by us, encourage many through us. So Lord, may we live to your glory, both as people on earth and as people of heaven. Amen.